can't do it without it. We can't live out our destiny without resilient faith. We actually can't become who God ordained when we were knit together in our mother's womb. We cannot become those people without resilient faith. So when God actually gave us the word resilient faith a while ago, we were like, we need to share about this. We need to talk about this because this is such an important thing that actually leads us into everything that God has for us. So um, so this is not just a theme that we came up with or a word that we came up with. This was from God and of God and for our lives, yeah? Because God wants you to live out your destiny. God actually wants you to become everything he's created you to be. God is for you. Do you know that? God's actually for you. God actually wants you to become the person he's destined you to be. He's not against you. He's with you. He is championing you. He's like, I want you to be everything that I have called you and destined you and purposed you to be. So God's like, so let's share about resilient faith. Let's get resilient faith. Let's live with resilient faith so you can be that person, yeah? So when I was preparing this sermon... God was really kind of making sure that I knew what resilient faith was. So about two or three weeks ago, maybe two or three weeks ago, God gave me this amazing sermon on resilient faith. I was running in the morning. I was like, wow, God's speaking. So I was like running and voice recording at the same time. So I'm like listening to the message and all you could hear is puff, 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 a few words, puff. So I was voice recording this sermon because I was just getting this amazing download from God. So I was like, I have to record this. I can't wait because I might lose some. So I would record for about five minutes and then I would keep running and keep talking to God, and then he would give me something else. So I would record again for another few minutes. And so this went on. I had about five or six voice recordings. I had like a rocking sermon. I'm telling you, I was pumped. I was like, I have got the best sermon. God is so good. This is going to be amazing. Anyway, Monday, no, last week, maybe Thursday or Friday last week, I left the house without my mobile phone because I couldn't find my mobile phone before I left the house. So when I came home, my beautiful husband had updated all the software on my phone (laughs) and deleted all my voice recordings, all my sermon, was gone, was gone. Can you believe this man? He smashes into my car, he deletes my sermon. I'm telling you, God is teaching me about resilient faith. (laughs) I have had to learn to be very resilient in the last few weeks. But it's all good because you know what? God is good and he just reminded me of what he needed to remind me about and it's going to be even better, yeah? Because that's what God's in the business of. So what is resilience? Resilience is the ability to spring back into shape. That's kind of cool, isn't it? The capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. Resilience can be known as toughness, all right? So I have a question for all of you. When you experience difficulties, when stuff happens, when life just goes the way that life goes and challenges come our way and stuff gets thrown at us and we just find ourselves in places that we didn't realise we're going to find ourselves, there's pain, there's disappointment, how long does it take you to spring back into shape? 
Are you still laughing about deleting my sermon? (laughs) No. How long does it take you to get back up? How long does it take you to spring back into shape, yeah? Because we're living life, yeah? We're on planet Earth. We are living life. There is going to be pain. There is going to be disappointment. There is going to be heartache. Stuff is just going to come our way. And we're going to find ourselves in seasons that are really tough. We're going to find ourselves in situations that are really tough. So when you're in that place... When you find yourself with stuff being thrown at you, when you find yourself feeling heartbroken, feeling lonely, feeling unloved, feeling disappointed, how long does it take you to spring back into shape, yeah? Because if we're going to live life on planet Earth, we're going to have to learn that. So do we walk through those hard times with God? Do we allow him to spring us back into shape? Do we allow him to give us the resilience to get back up? Or do we just allow things to knock us down and keep us down? Yeah? Because we have a choice. Okay? As if you're going to live out your God-given destiny. If we're going to be the people that God's created us to be, we're actually going to have to learn to have resilient faith. Because we're going to have to get back up again and 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 get back up again. If we're going to be those people that God's destined us to be, we're going to have to get back up and get back up and get back up. Life is not cruisy. It does not go according to plan. Everyone does not love you. Everyone does not, is not your greatest fan. Do you know what I mean? Like stuff is going to happen. People are going to break your heart. You're going to get wounded like you didn't even know you could get wounded but what do we do yeah resilient faith and you know what God has given us the capacity to have that God has actually given us the capacity to have resilient faith and to live with resilient faith so when that stuff comes we get back up and we get back up and we get back up because do you know what happens when you get back up you have victory do you know what happens when you get back up you're more than a conqueror do you know what happens when you get back up you win yeah Amen. God is good. He is good. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Now listen to this part. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. There is a race marked out for you. Yeah? There is a race marked out for your life. And we need resilience and we need perseverance to live that out. Do you know what perseverance is? I'll read it to you. Persistence, tenacity, determination, resolve, staying power, firmness of purpose. Perseverance is persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. That kind of sounds like faith to me, doesn't it? That kind of sounds like Hebrews 11. That kind of sounds like what faith is, doesn't it? Believing in the things that we have not yet seen, yeah? Persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. 
and resilience and perseverance, they go hand in hand because resilient faith allows you to persevere. Resilient faith allows you to finish the race. It allows you to run your race and finish your race well, yeah? Because I want to finish my race well. When the Lord takes me home to glory, I know I want to have been running that race and running that race and running that race and getting back up and getting back up. And I want to be that woman that God called me to be. I want to be that woman that he ordained me to be. I don't want to miss out because it got too tough. I don't want to miss out because I decided to not get back up again because something knocked me down. But I want to live with resilient faith, yeah? So you are called to live out a God-given destiny. Sometimes we fluff over this, but you know you're actually called to live a God-given destiny. Like Ben, you have a destiny. Imogen, you have a destiny. Matt, you actually have a God-given destiny. Yeah, Jess, God-given destiny. Dan, God-given destiny. There is actually a God-given destiny for every one of us. We're actually called, like God knit us together in our mother's wombs. Let me read you the scripture. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. I'm talking about you, okay? For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Yeah, God planned good things for you to do for him long ago. Psalm 139.16, you saw my body as it was formed. All the days planned for me were written in your book before I was one day old. So God wrote your life in his book, yeah? God has a destiny for you. There is something that only you can fulfill. There is something that only you can do. There's something that just you are called to. And together, we're a beautiful picture. But individually, we all have a call and a destiny. I want to read you something that Rick Warren wrote. It says, Your life isn't an accident. You have a destiny, one that only you can complete. The Bible says, all the days planned for me were written in your book before I was one day old. God knows everything that will happen in your life. He's not surprised by anything and he knows your days have a destiny. Something to do in this life, something only you can do. Before you were born, God wired you with certain ambitions, desires and drives to play a particular role in history, one that only you can play. So there is a God-given destiny and there is a God-given call upon your life. There is something that you are called to do. There is someone that you are called to be and God will empower you and God will equip you and God will give you the resilience that you need to fulfil that if you allow him to. If you choose, yeah, choices, not chances, determine our destiny. Amen. Psalm 1, verse 2 to 4. We have a lot of scripture. I was like, I think this is the most scripture I've ever had in a sermon. (laughs) But I will share some stories too, I promise. James 1, verse 2 to 4. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work 
so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God wants us mature and complete. God wants us with perseverance and resilience, yeah? Because mature and complete brings perseverance and resilience and they are keys to fulfilling our God-given destiny. They are keys to you being the person that God has called you to be, yeah? That's why it says consider it pure joy when you face trials because in the trials, your faith is being strengthened. In the trials, your faith is enlarging. In the trials, your perseverance is growing. In the trials, you're going to get resilience like you didn't even know you could have. You're going to have resilience that you never even thought was possible possible but in the trials consider it pure joy I know it's horrible I know it feels dreadful yeah I have had my share of them I have had plenty of them in fact I'm sure I had one just this week yeah I know they feel shocking but you know what consider it joy because God is shaping you and God is molding you and he is making you so strong and he is making you so courageous and he is giving you faith that cannot be shaken he is maturing you for your God-given destiny. He's maturing you so that you can be the person he's called you to be. It's not always the enemy, you know. It's not always him slinging stuff your way. Sometimes we just need to grow a little. Sometimes we just need to persevere a little. Sometimes we need to allow God to work all things together for good. But you know how God works all things together for good? When you persevere. When you're resilient, yeah? Not when you give up, not when you walk away, not when it's too hard, not when it's too tough, but when you persevere. And you know what? You can persevere. You can persevere. You can be the most resilient person on planet Earth. You know why? Because God says you can. And if God says you can, then you can. If God says you can, then all things are possible. Amen? I'm going to continue with verse 2. Oh, no. I've got a new scripture. Romans 5, verse 2 to 5 in the Living Bible. For because of our faith, he has brought us into this place of highest privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to actually becoming all that God has in mind for us to be. There's actually a person that you're becoming, yeah? There's a person that you're becoming. There's a destiny that you're walking into. There is a resilience that is being built on the inside of you. Verse 3 says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, we're not always doing that, are we? That's okay. I live at the same address. I get it. Sometimes it's just, yeah, I won't swear in church. For we know that they are good for us. They help us learn to be patient. And patience develops strength of character in us and helps us trust God more each time we use it. Until finally, our hope and faith are strong and steady. So God is making us mature and complete, yeah, and strong and steady. And you know what happens to mature and complete and strong and steady people? They get back up again. 
and they get back up again and they get back up again and they have resilient faith, yeah? Resilient faith leads to victory. You know the Bible says that we are more than conquerors? Did you know that? Do you believe that? (laughs) So did God create you to be defeated? Did God create you to be defeated by the things that you're facing in your life right now? No, really? Wow. Did God create you to give up? I can't hear you. Did God create you to give up? No. So if God declares you a conqueror and he has equipped you to be one, does he leave you unprepared? No? So God actually prepares us, does he? If he calls us conquerors, then he's not just going to say, you're conquerors, now I'll just leave you to just doing your journey and running your race and I'll be over here on the sidelines. Or if he calls us to be conquerors, does he actually prepare us for that? Romans 8.37 says, Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. NLT version, which I love, says, No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Overwhelming victory. How good is that? Overwhelming victory for your life. That's what God declares duty overwhelming victory for your life, yeah? Adria, overwhelming victory. Isn't that awesome? So when stuff comes our way, the Lord says, overwhelming victory is yours. That's what he says, Marion, about your life. Overwhelming victory is yours. When stuff is going wrong, when things are hitting us, when, when we feel ripped apart on the inside, overwhelming victory is yours. When everything is going wrong, when stuff is a mess, when we just cannot work out how this is going to work out, overwhelming victory is yours. That's cool. Overwhelming victory is ours, yeah? That's who God calls us to be. Amen. So a conqueror is someone who is victorious. A conqueror is someone who overcomes mentally or emotionally. So do conquerors experience setbacks? Do they? Do conquerors experience setbacks? Are there hurdles in the road? Yeah? Sometimes with conquerors, do things always not go according to plan? So does that mean that we're no longer conquerors? Does that mean because there was a hurdle? Does that mean because there was a speed hump? Does that mean that we are no longer conquerors? Do conquerors give up? Do they walk away? No. Do they stop becoming conquerors just because they're going through something? No. Verse 37 said, No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Okay, that's really important because we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. We're actually not more than conquerors in ourselves. We're not more than conquerors in our own strength. We're not more than conquerors in our own ability. We're not more than conquerors because God just made us amazing and we rock and we do. But we're more than conquerors through him 
who loves us, yeah? It's actually in him. It's through him. It's walking with him. It's talking with him. It's journeying through him. It's resting in him. It's being empowered in him. It's in him that we're more than conquerors. If we just go, I'll just leave you over here, God. I'm just going to walk into this situation. You can just stay over here, God. You're not really welcome in this. We are more than conquerors in him, yeah? One more scripture. Don't you love the word of God? I love that, Trev. The word of God is living and active. Amen. There's power in the word of God to change our life. There is power in the promises of God to change our life. We feed off the word of God on a daily basis and there's promises. There's promises. There's promises. There's victory. There's power. There's truth. God's truth becomes our truth, not the stuff going on around us, not how things look, not the circumstances of the world, not the rubbish that people are putting into us, but God's truth becomes our reality. God's promises become our reality. Yeah, but we have got to get so full of that and so filled with that and so hungry for that and so thirsty for that because it cuts like a double-edged sword. In God's word, there's victory, yeah? In God's word, we're more than conquerors, yeah? So we actually have to choose to read the word. We actually have to choose to pick up our Bible. Do you know a Bible is an awesome book to read? Do you know what? The Bible will change your life. The Bible will take all the rubbish in your head and put the promises of God in your head and your heart. But you've got to pick it up. It won't get in you if you don't read it. It won't encourage you if you don't read it. It won't lift you out of the misery you're feeling unless you read it. Yeah, you've got to read it. God gave you the tools, but we choose. Yeah, so you can choose to live ordinary, you can choose to live conquered, you can choose to live depressed, you can choose to fall apart or you can choose God, you can choose victory, you can choose to be a conqueror, you can choose to live out the God-given destiny that the Lord has for you. Do you know you can actually choose that? Wow, that's amazing. We get to choose. God is not going to make you be anyone. And God is not going to make you do anything. You get to choose. You hold the keys to allowing yourself to be everything God's called you to be. I'm going to read you a scripture that I never liked. Can I have some water, please, Pastor Andrew? I really didn't like this scripture at all. I think I read it once or twice. Thank you. You at least told me that. <laughs> So I didn't like this scripture. I read it once or twice. I just ignored it. <laughs> Don't think I ever read it again because I really did like it. I thought, hmm, I'm not sure I really like that scripture, God. So I'll just stay away from it. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 in the NIV says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. I'm going to read to you from the New Living Translation. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. 
So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. And I didn't like this scripture because I didn't particularly like the word weak. I thought weak. Okay, I'm not sure if I want to be a weak person, God. Because in my head, when I think of the word weak, I think, okay, a weak is a person that doesn't ever cope with life. Weak is someone who's constantly overcome all the time. Weak is someone who's defeated. Weak is someone who needs somebody else all the time and can't do anything on their own. So I really didn't like that scripture because I've always kind of been a strong person. You know, when lots of other people around me have been falling apart, I'm the person that has it together. You know, when my, um, when my stepdad died from cancer, then I kept it together for everybody else in the family. When my parents got divorced, you know, I was the strong one for my mum and for my dad and for my brother. And I've just always kind of been the strong person. I haven't been allowed to not have it together because what would happen if I can't be the strong person? And um, so I'm kind of the person that people come to because I'm the strong person. If my mum's having a breakdown, then I'm the strong one. If my brother's life is falling apart and an extraordinary mess, I'm the strong one, you know. I'm always the strong one. So I didn't like that scripture because I didn't want to be what I thought in my head was a weak person, yeah? Okay. So I kind of just avoided the scripture. I kind of didn't go out of my way to read that one again. And then at the start of the year, God gave me this whole new perspective on that scripture. I actually read it and I got excited. I read it, I was like, wow, this is awesome. And what God showed me was that being weak actually just means that I realise how much I need him. Being weak means that I actually come to this awareness of that I fully realise how much I completely need God in every area of my life, in every decision that I make, in every person that I interact with, in every relationship that I have, in everything that I do, I need God. So the whole scripture changed for me because I was like, wow, this is amazing. Being weak is realising how much I need God. It's about realising how totally I need him. So then I kind of got excited. I was like, wow, this is awesome that I'm weak. I'm actually really, really weak without God. In fact, the truth is I'm super weak because I'm going to mess it up and I'm going to make, you know, I am going to get it wrong. I am going to say things I shouldn't. I am going to damage relationships that I have. If I try and do it in my own strength, if I try and do it in my own power, I'm going to make such a mess of it. I'm going to mess it up and mess it up and mess it up. That's what I'm going to do with the journey of life. I'm just going to make this huge, terrible mess. Yeah? Do you know how I know that? Because sometimes I've tried to do it in my own strength. Sometimes I've left him out of the picture. And do you know how it turns out? Really, really messy. (laughs) Really, really not good. 
you feel really, really terrible, (laughs) don't you? So that's why Paul says in the scriptures that he can boast about his weakness because actually in realising how much we need him, his power is made perfect, yeah? So when we realise that that in our weakness his strength is made perfect... uh, that's amazing, yeah? Because his, his power, his strength is perfected in our weakness. It is not perfected in us thinking we have it all together. It is not perfected in us thinking that we have all the answers. It is not perfected when we make decisions and we leave God out of the picture. It is not perfected in that. It's actually perfected in our weakness. So it's okay to be weak. It's okay to not have it all together. It's okay to go, I desperately need God every minute of every day or else I'm going to totally muck it up. And you know what happens when you do that? His power is made perfect. His power is made perfect. His power is made perfect. You actually become who he's created you to be. You actually become resilient. You live with resilience, yeah, because it's not in your strength, it's in his, yeah? It's not in our strength, it's in his. So things don't tire us or drain us or wear us out or burn us out because it's in his strength, yeah? Isn't it cool being weak? I'm like, whoa, I'm so weak. This is awesome. (laughs) In realising my weakness, I become more than a conqueror, you know? And in realising my weakness, I actually choose to run to him. Every time, every time, every decision, every relationship, at the start of every day, during every day, you know, everything that happens, I choose him. I choose to seek his wisdom. I choose to go to him with stuff. I take in my hurt. I take in my pain. I actually choose him every time. And I need the strength he offers because that's what makes me more than a conqueror. I need the ability to bounce back into shape. And you know what? God's going to do that. But it needs to be him I'm spending time with, him I'm getting strength from. He is our life source, you know. He is the one that pours in and pours in and pours in everything that we need. But I've got to choose him. I've got to choose time with him. I've got to choose to seek him. I've got to choose to ask him the questions. What do I do here, God? What decision do I make here? How do I go there? How do I treat this person? What kind of relationship do you want me to have there? I actually have to seek God in all of that. And often I hear people say, and I'm sure I've said it plenty of times, I'm sure we've all said it a few times, I'm too busy to spend time with God, yeah? Because we get so demanded of, there's so many pressures, there's, you know, there's work and there's family and there's areas that we serve in, you know, there's, there's so many things that we give time to and people demand and demand and demand, not, not necessarily on purpose, but there can just be lots of demands in our life, there can be a lot of pressures in our life. Sometimes we think, my gosh, how am I going to be in all those places or how am I going to do all those things? in one single day. So sometimes we allow the sacrifice to be God. Sometimes we allow the sacrifice to be the time with him, that quiet time with him, that sitting with him, that being strengthened by him, that going, I just know how much I need God, 
And I just thank the Lord that in my weakness, his power is made perfect. Often that becomes a sacrifice. So I have a challenge for you. Because <laughs> can I be honest? I, I probably carry more pressure in my life than I ever have. I am probably busier in my life than I have ever been in my entire life. I probably have more commitments and, and um, more things that I need to give myself to than I ever have in my life. But you know what? The more, the more, the more pressures, the more God. Yeah? Yeah? The more people that need us, the more we need him. The more that we carry, the more God. We actually need more of him, not less of him. The more we carry, the heavier the burden is, the more that we are being pulled from everywhere, the more we need him. Not the less. We need more and we need more and we need more of him in all that, yeah? My life is busy, but I have actually chosen very purposefully to make more time for God. I've actually chosen that. I have created more space and more time in my life to spend with God than I ever have. I'm busier, but I actually make more time because I know and I understand the more pressure, the more God. The more I'm carrying, the more God. The more decisions, the more God. The more people, the more God. I get that because you know what? It's going to look really, really messy if it goes the other way. It's, we're going to make a really, really, really big mess if we try and do it in our own strength. If we're too busy, if we leave him out of the picture, there's going to be a whole lot of hurt, a whole lot of broken, a whole lot of wounded people, yeah? So it needs to be more of God. And he can't be strong for us if we don't let him, yeah? He can't direct us in situations if we don't ask him to he can't bring us rest if we won't stop and be at rest okay he can't show us the answers if we already think we have them all if we think we've got it all figured out there is no room for him to speak into that yeah so over the last few months i'm going to give you a few examples god has been speaking to me a lot about things that he wants me to do because for all of us it will look different. For all of us your picture will be different. Your journey will be different. But God's just been sharing some really specific things with me over time that he wants me to do in my life. So to have resilient faith, to live with resilient faith, to go the distance, yeah, because it's a marathon. It is not a sprint. It is not a sprint. If you think it's a sprint, it's all going to be over really quickly, yeah? And there's still going to be a whole long marathon to run. It's a marathon. A marathon requires endurance, doesn't it? Marathons require persistence. Marathons require resilience, yeah? So God will speak wisdom into your life about how he wants you to care for yourself. Do you know everything is spiritual? Do you know the wellness of your body is spiritual? Do you know feeling um, energetic and not tired is something that God is concerned about? Do you know how you eat? God's concerned about that because he wants you to be energized to live out your destiny. Do you know how much sleep you get? God's concerned about that stuff. You know the people that you spend time with God's concerned about that. God loves all of that because all of that makes this beautiful picture of resilience. 
okay? And he's not praying 55 hours a day and then hanging out with negative people, not getting enough sleep, eating rubbish all the time. You're not going to be very resilient, yeah? So God actually speaks into all the areas of our life. God told me to hang out with great people. God actually told me people to build friendships with. God said, I need you to build friendships with people that are going to speak life into your life, that are going to be full of faith, that you're going to walk away feeling really encouraged. I need you to build relationships with people that are going to stretch and grow your faith, not just people that are going to say, that's great, that's great. And you know what? I'm one of the most encouraging people around. But sometimes I want someone to tell me straight. I want someone to tell me how I'm going to grow how I'm going to stretch, how I'm going to get from here to here. And you know what? Sometimes that's uncomfortable. Sometimes that takes a really gutsy friend to tell you how it is rather than just what you want to hear. Yeah? So God said to me, put people in your life that will stretch you. Put people in your life that will take you to a new place. Put people in your life that are further along the journey than you. Because if I'm putting everyone in my life that isn't, how will I get there? So God actually spoke to me about friendships. God will speak to you about friendships. He'll show you great people to hang out with. He will show you great people to invest into your life. He will show you people to spend time with. So you walk away and your faith has been strengthened. You walk away and you feel encouraged. You walk away and you want to spend more time with God because of their passion for God. God will show you those things. He will. God spoke to me about relaxing. How cool is that? God wants us to relax. It's not all work. Do you know he actually wants you to have fun? He wants us to be refreshed. He wants us to enjoy life. Did you know that? Life and life to the full. Life in abundance. God does not want us to be, okay, yeah. Okay, just going to get through this day, you know. Just really just give me strength, Lord. Oh my gosh, I just don't know how I'm going to do it. God wants you to have fun. He wants you to relax. He wants you to chill out. I love massages, right? They're like one of my favorite things in the world and facials, okay? So if you ever want to give me a gift, a massage or a facial is fine. I don't need anything else. It's like, (laughs) so I love that stuff. I just love it. I find it super relaxing or I love walking. I love going for a run. I just love being out surrounded by nature. I find that just ministry for my soul. And I love the beach. I love the beach. I have to drag my husband to the beach. It's not his favourite place, but I love the beach. I love the water. So a couple of weeks ago, I just thought, I'm going to go to the beach. I'm just going to go to the beach. And so I grabbed my son. I let him have the day off school. Parents, it's okay. He's in grade four. One day he will be all right. I promise you. <laughs> because he loves the water and we went to Geelong and we went down to the pier there and we jumped off the diving boards and we swam out to the pontoons and we laid on them in the sun and we threw the tennis ball to each other in the swimming pool for an hour and 15 minutes and then I felt like I had a dislocated shoulder for the rest of the week but at the time it was so much fun and we just laughed and we laughed and we relaxed and it was the best day. It was so good. Do you know what? Stuff like that is good for your soul. God wants you to enjoy yourself. He wants you to be refreshed. Do you know when you do stuff like that, you come back and you got more to give because you're refreshed, you're not exhausted. You know when you do things that you enjoy. Okay. 
When you do things that you enjoy, you know when you got knit together? God put that in you. God put that love for that thing. He put that passion for that thing inside of you. God gave me a love for water. God gave me a love for facials, honey. (laughs) So you're actually being the person God's created you to be when you do that stuff. When you do the stuff that you love, when you do the stuff that you enjoy, you're actually being the person God created you to be. That's kind of cool, isn't it? I can go to the beach because God created me to go to the beach. That's kind of cool, isn't it? So find stuff that you love to do. Find things that you just, that you enjoy. That is fun. That is relaxing. That switches off your brain and allows you to just forget about everything else and just enjoy life, yeah? And one more thing that God spoke to me about. Getting up early. Oh, wasn't excited about that one. (laughs) But God really spoke to me about just constantly making more time for him and more time for him. And in the schedule, there was no other time except early morning time. But you know what? I get excited. I wake up and I go, awesome. It's still dark. I get to see the sunrise. And I just, I go out and I walk and I talk to the Lord. And the other day I went out and I started on Geelong Road here because it was still dark. So I thought, okay, I'll be safe. I'll be wise. So I started on Geelong Road in the light and then I walked up the hill and actually got to see the whole sunrise. It was amazing and it was a hot day so the sky was so pink and beautiful but then it actually started raining. So I was kind of singing these songs to God and I just had the best time. Then, then there was a rainbow for like one minute. It was like just for me. Thank you, Lord. I was like, you're awesome. You really love me. But you know what? There's something so special when we just start the day with God. I mean, I, you know, I do all day with the Lord, but just quiet time with him where we just stop and, you know, we just start things well, don't we? You just start things right. You just dedicate everything to God and ask for his wisdom and ask him to be involved in all the things that you're doing and to speak through you and just that time with him. He just pours in and pours in and it's amazing. It's phenomenal. But You've got to get up early. So God said, I want you to think about Melanie. Like, what, what are you putting in your mouth? You know, how late are you going to bed? God actually spoke to me about all that stuff so I would be energised to get up. Yeah? Because if you feel ordinary, you can't drag yourself out of bed. If you put rubbish in, then in the morning, you kind of feel pretty rubbish and it's really hard to get up. So God spoke to me about that stuff so I wouldn't lose that time with him. Yeah? Amen. God's good, isn't he? He's really good. So Heidi Baker. Who knows Heidi Baker? I wish I knew her. I admire her from afar. I'd love to know her. I'd love to be her friend. She spends four hours a day with God. Four hours. Like four hours. No, like four hours to get that. She must get up at like 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. I've thought about it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like she spends four hours a day before she does anything else. You know why? Because she actually lives out that scripture. She goes, I can't do what I do without spending that time with God. I can't be who God's destined me to be without spending that time with him first. I can't allow his power to be made perfect in me unless I spend that time with him first. Corey Turner, 
We've had him here a few times. He gets up at 5 a.m. every day. He just has. It's his life. He can't even remember when he started doing it. It's just part of who he is. It's just part of who, what he does. Now, I can't imagine that these people ever thought, do you know what, I really don't know what to do from like 4 a.m. to 8. So I think I'll just get up and pray for four hours. Um, I can't imagine Corey saying, do you know what, I just think it would be amazing to get up at 5 a.m. every day and, you know, like, I just, I can't imagine that these people didn't have anything else to do with their life that they decided to get up at those times. But what I can imagine is that they realised their weakness. They realised that scripture. They realised how completely weak they were and how much they needed the Father. They realised that in their weakness, his power was made perfect. They realised that they needed him and needed him and needed him, yeah? They realised the truth of that and it changed their lives. I'm going to read you one more scripture. Isaiah 40, 28. Oh, I forgot one point. Pray. I have prayer partners. It's awesome. It's so cool. I've always loved to pray. Always loved to pray. But this year, God actually gave me specific people to pray with regularly, every week. And I come away, I'm like, I feel so encouraged. I feel so supported. I've just been in the heavenlies. You know, like it's amazing. So God gave me that. What God gives you will look different. But for me, that's what God gave me. So Isaiah 40, this is what resilience is. Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become tired or grow weary? Yeah? There is no searching of his understanding. He gives strength to the weary, yeah? And to him who has no might, he increases power. Even youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly. But those who wait for the Lord, yeah, will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. That's God's plan for your life. That is God's heart for your life. That is what God wants. That is what God has ordained. That is what God has purposed for you. Amen. I'm going to share a really quick story. So over the last few years, there has been some relationships in my life that have changed. Okay. So there's just been relationships in my life that don't necessarily look how they used to look and some relationships that that may not be as close as what they once were. So there is a time when that was really painful for me. It was a time when that was very, when that caused me to feel really heartbroken. Just changes and circumstances of life, not that anything disastrous happened, but things just looked different. They didn't look the way that they did and it hurt. Like it really hurt. Like, oh my gosh, it was so painful. It hurt so much. I remember coming home one day and just laying in the hallway (laughs) in my house and just crying and crying and crying and crying. It just hurt so bad. Like I was like, God, have I ever experienced pain like this? Have I ever felt lost like this before? And it hurt. Like it hurt really bad. And 
if I hadn't had resilient faith, I think that just would have knocked me out for the count. I don't know if I could have got back up again from that. I don't know if I, if that would have looked really pretty afterwards, yeah? But um, I'm so thankful to God that I realised my weakness, yeah? I'm so thankful that I realised how much I needed him because in realising that, God just healed the brokenness. In realising that, God took the pain. In realising that, God just took the heartache and then he actually started to bless me with different relationships in my life so that I did have that because we're all born for a relationship. We're all born to do life together. We, we, you know, we, we die when we're isolated. It's not healthy. It's not good. You know, people always deteriorate when they're isolated. So we flourish with people. We flourish doing life with people. But we flourish doing life with people that are full of faith and that are going to encourage you and that are going to invest into your life. So I thank God that I realised that weakness because he just blessed different relationships and he brought healing to that. But I know people that things like that have knocked them down and they've just stayed down. That has knocked them out and they have just decided in life to not get back up again. Yeah, but resilient faith, it looks so different. Yeah? All right. Nearly finished. Because when our faith is resilient, we will actually live as the conquerors God says we are. We allow ourselves to be supernaturally sustained by a supernatural God. And what's going on in our life, in the circumstances around us, actually doesn't dictate our heart condition, yeah? What's going on inside? Who's on the inside? Who's working on the inside? Who's moving on the inside? Who's directing us on the inside determines the condition of our life, not everything that's going on around us. And I love the song that we've been singing the last few weeks, God of Miracles, I think, because it said, This world is shaking, but you cannot be shaken. My heart is breaking, but I'm not broken. Your love is fearless. It helps me to be courageous too. There's nothing impossible. And I love the words to this song because it's not about how life looks. The world is shaking, but when you've got resilient faith, you're not shaking, yeah? Sometimes your heart is breaking, but when you've got resilient faith, you're not broken, yeah? Because outward circumstances do not determine the life that we're living. Outward circumstances do not determine the person that we're coming, that we're becoming. Outward circumstances do not determine the destiny upon our lives because we have resilient faith. We live with resilient faith. We are becoming everything that God has intended and destined and purposed us to be amen and (laughs) this is good and then we know that there is a God on the inside of us whose strength is made perfect his strength is made perfect when we know that we are weak and he's strong amen why don't we pray we just thank you God we thank you that you are an amazing father that you are such a good good God And we just radically love you and need you and cling on to you, Father. We thank you that we can run to you, God, that you can bring direction, comfort, love, God. Just answers for our lives, that you can tell us where to spend our time, that you would direct us in our time, in our friendships, God, in in our time with you, God, and just how our world would work, that it would just flourish and that we would be everything 
that you've called us to be. So I thank you that you speak over us, Lord, that we are more than conquerors and that in our weakness, your strength is made perfect. So we just look to you, we press into you, we cling on to you and we thank you that overwhelming victory is ours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.